What was the title? I get it. What are we training? So what are we tra training? I'm always saying train the mind. And so I'm saying now another question. As you, those of you who have listened to my talks, you realize I just title everything different, but I say the same thing over and over. Train the mind. Train your mind. Find out who you are. Don't let your life go on default. It's not a matter of right and wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you default, then you just, wherever your emotions, thoughts, memories, hopes, and fears take you, that's where you're going to go. It might be fine. It might lead you into a great career and a great life. If your karma, as they say, is pretty healthy, then you <coughs> might have a good time. But uh, you're not addressing the ultimate uh, question, which is what? This comes to an end. I'm probably going to get there quicker than you do, but there's no guarantee the youngest person in here could end tomorrow. Not a threat. I'm not here to promote any kind of fear, particularly. I'm just saying, uh, here I go again. Train your mind. Train your mind. How do you do that? What are we, what are we training? Sit down, holster. It's very simple. You can forget about Buddhism if you want to. Might not be too hard to do. But don't forget about your mind. Don't forget about that. When you leave here, that mind, trained or untrained, is tagging along with you everywhere. It's probably leading the way. And the problem with it leading the way is a lot of times your understanding about what this whole thing is of me and the world is based on fear. Fear that you're going to fail. Fear that you do the wrong thing. Fear, fear that people won't like what you do. Uh, fear that uh, people won't notice what you do. And on and on. So what I'm saying is, what are we training? We're training that tendency. We're retraining that tendency to grasp at some things, grab onto things that we want, and throw, throw away, threaten, or go to war with things we don't want. Those are the two. Passion and aggression. Find some place in your life where that isn't going on. It's probably when you're asleep. There's always a little bit of aggression going on little bit of passion like you know, I want this I, I really I really want that I need that do you and then the third one besides the passion grasping or clutching or fixating or desiring and the warfare or the anger or the violence or the pushing away or the shoving uh, however you want to look at it the third one is just the hardest one to see there's three poisons in Buddhism passion and aggression and the third one is Ignorance, yes. Ignorance. And what is ignorance? Well, I'll do it uh, this way. There's passion, and there's aggression, and there's ignorance. In other words, what problem? That shows up all kinds of ways. It can show up like a deliberate ignorance of getting into drugs and deliberately uh, putting your head in a, uh, inside of a bucket. Just because there's stars painted on the inside of the bucket doesn't mean uh, that's entertaining. And then there's some more simple ways that have been going on for centuries is where we distract ourselves. We're doing something. We're looking at some situation that's challenging for us. But since we don't understand it or it's not making any sense or it might feel a little threatening, we don't want to fight with it. We don't want to grasp at it because it might grasp back. So we distract ourselves. Look at something else. I will uh, use the example quite often of monkeys. I took care of monkeys when I was a young man, 100 years ago. And uh, I was at a place called Bionetics Research Lab. They had about 300 rhesus cyanos, African greens, macaques, baboons. And if you would 
a monkey, which are pretty smart animals. You, if you look right at a monkey, right in the eye, they would kind of back up a little bit and they would go. They'd start looking at their hands or they'd look on the wall and see something. They would totally ignore you. Yeah. Or if they were, or, or they might cower and look at you and look totally afraid and whimper and crawl to the back of the cage. Or then there's the other one. You know this one is coming. They'd come up to that cage and grab that cage. If I can get out of here, I'm going to bust you in the chops or whatever. They put a, Monkeys don't really do that. They just grab you by your nostrils and yank you to the floor. <laughs> That's what baboons do. You've heard of the nostril attack? <laughs> no? So just using that as an example, I'm not picking on monkeys particularly. It's just that they're so obvious, obviously doing what is a little bit more subtle with human beings. So uh, train your mind. So don't, don't have to become a Buddhist. Step out of here and never come back. But spend some time. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves. Sit down, hold still. Be symmetrical. Body and mind are more connected than you think. Even though you can do one thing and think something else, that's just uh, uh, a, a low level of insanity. Sit down, hold still. You can use this uh, hand position or mudra. You can use this one. You can use this one. You can even just use one more casual like this. Do the same. Do it the same way every time. If you're a student of mine, you should be doing this, unless it hurts your the back of your neck or something. Classic mudra. This isn't something you ever do casually. I mean, you might suddenly just find yourself doing this casually if you've been doing this for the last 20 years. Symmetrical. So what we're doing is we're, we can't find the mind because the mind is going here, going there, after this, afraid of this, really excited about this. But we can't really locate that mind, but we can locate the body. The body is here. If I say, uh, put your awareness on your right knee, it's immediately there, unless you're Unless you're in the state of mind where it says, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'll put it on my left knee. Anybody doing that? <laughs> Probably not or you wouldn't be in this room. No, you have to have a little bit of open-mindedness open to even step in a place like a Buddhist temple, monastery. You have to give things the benefit of the doubt. Well, I'll check that out, see what it is. So the body, if you hold the body very, very still and then watch, observe what moves, then you begin to see the way in which we make ourselves crazy, the way in which we keep cranking up the negative stuff because we have something, we get some kind of reassurance about the negativity just because we're fighting with it. We get some kind of a reassurance about the positivity just because we're joining it and saying, yes, yes, cheering it on, feel better, feel better, I feel better. There was a guided meditation that Uno and I listened to this morning uh, that I'm not, not against this, I'm just saying, uh, it's only going to get you so far to just think positive thoughts and think about light radiating uh, out of your stomach and, and how you're one with the universe and so on. I'm not, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But that's, if, if you don't do that with a really strong awareness, you will be doing that. You'll be actually using that to cover over the things you don't want to look at. And by covering over the things you don't want to look at, that doesn't mean they're gone. It's because you throw all your dirty laundry in the closet and close the door. House is clean. <laughs> Not quite. So uh, it's good to have, we even have practices where we, where we generate kindness and generate uh, love and caring for others. So we should be doing that. But also train your mind. What are you training? You're training, you're retraining that tendency to push and pull or shut down. Push aggression, pull 
passion or shut down. Those are the three ways in which anybody, not just Buddhism, I mean, any, just look at your own mind over the last however long you've been alive. Pick out some particular time in your life and say, was passion working there, aggression, or was I just shutting down and being ignoring things? One of the ways that you can do this that makes it a little bit perhaps uh, easier that I teach, I call it uh, uh, ASAP. It doesn't mean as soon as possible when I use that. It means alternating sense awareness practice, alternating sense awareness practice to move your awareness. You're sitting, alternate, move your awareness from your, your knees or your body or your torso over to uh, some, over to just sounds. You'll notice if you go to sounds, there's always something happening there. Even if it's silence, there's always something that is showing up and move back and forth, alternate between those two. Do that for 20 minutes. And notice when you do that, notice that the thought process will, if it sees a little gap in that, it will immediately set up housekeeping there. And the next thing you know, you're, you've forgotten about the alternating sense awareness practice and you're off to Toledo and you're revisiting something that happened there three years ago and, and what you should have said to them when they said this or why you didn't follow through on such and such or, or maybe it's uh, some other uh, daydream altogether like going into wishing certain things would be different or something, imagination. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that we need to train our mind to be very, very aware when that happens so that when something happens in your mind, you know about it. Not just by you know about it because your your awareness is stuck to it, like glue, but because there's a little bit of ventilation around that. A little bit of there's a little bit. It's not just all uh, clogged up with ideas and thoughts and hopes and fears. And I want it. I don't want it. I should. I shouldn't. They should. What do they think about what I'm thinking? What do I think about what they're thinking about what I'm thinking? What do they think about what I'm thinking about what they're thinking? I'm thinking. That's the one that really ties you up in knots. You come out of that and think, you know, you think. Where's the drugs? Or where's the psychiatrist? Or I got to go to sleep. Some people that handle it just by, they just they spend their whole day sleeping because they get so sad or so worried. So train your mind, spend some time, just like having a meal or brushing your teeth or doing anything else you do on repetition. Find some time where you step out of your ordinary routine, whatever that may be, and you go and you sit down in front of a wall. You don't have to face a wall. I think I think it's better, but you could sit and look out across the room, have your gaze down a little bit, hold still, and stay there. Start it with a, a sound. Get a water glass or something. Have a bell. Start. Sit there. Have a clock or have a heavier. Don't use a cell phone. Don't use a smartphone. Smartphones are not smart. Not smart. They call them smartphones so that the people who invent them are smart enough to get you to think they're smart so that you'll buy them and use them. Don't let them use you. I'm not saying we should throw our phones in the lake, which I've thought of. I've had it in my hand and I actually looked at the lake before. Have you? You go, I wonder if I could skip that across the lake. So we're, you know, we're in our society. We, we can't live with it, can't live without it. But try to keep it somewhat to a minimum. I'm not sure what that is. Only you really know. It's like, you know, Facebook. We, we need to be on it. Our friends, our relatives, our kids, our grandmother, whomever. Our Sangha members, community members are on there. So it's hard to not be on there a little bit, but also watch that one too, because that will have you functioning. Uh, you think you're talking to others. Really, you're talking to yourself on this Facebook. You're just 
that you should call it vanity book. Maybe we should start another one. <laughs> or that's already been taken, Instagram. Or not. I'm not saying everybody using those is misusing them or harming themselves or others. It's it's a it's a great uh, way uh, to stay connected with everybody. We use it. We use all kinds of using a computer here. We use phones, so we should use them. Not against that. It's just that when it when it, it turns into a huge sponge where your whole life goes into it. It's an alternating sense awareness practice. So you could pick out something. Uh, it could be the sense the sense of touch and the sense of seeing. You could look at the color of the carpeting, which is kind of a gray with some red and some dark blue in it. And you could you're looking at it and you could move your awareness to what you're looking at and then move it to how your body feels and then move it to sound. I have tinnitus, so I don't have any problem with sound. There's always something happening in my eardrum. So, but move it and do it at your own speed. You could, you could put it on your breath. When your breath changes, you can move it then. You could just move it randomly back and forth. And then when you do that, then what needs to happen there, or what will happen, is you'll notice the, by doing that, you're, you're, you're moving with very simple sense consciousnesses that don't think. The sense of seeing doesn't think. It's the thinking process that adds it onto this, the seeing consciousness and tells you what you're seeing. Tells you what you're hearing. Not wrong, but again, uh, don't don't put everything. Don't put your life on default where you're just hearing what you think you hear. You're just seeing what you think you see. I'll give you an example of that that I'm sure you have. We all know someone who who treats us in a certain way based on who they think we are. They don't know who we are. They, they they're not wired in such a way that they could actually stop and say, "What is happening with you, Josie?" <laughs> Or, Jim, what's happening with you? What's going on with you? And really mean it. Instead, no, they're, they're always talking to you about themselves, usually, and somewhat about you, but they're including the, who they think you are. This is what they're looking at. They're looking at their idea of you. They never see you. You could probably leave the room, and they'd still be talking to that space that you occupied. We also we notice that our parents quite often do that with us. And we tend to do that with others. To some extent, and sometimes with certain people, our our chemistry with some people is just difficult. No matter how much they love us and we love them, you know, when we get together, we just there's just too many wrinkles in the in the thought patterns there, and they and we get confused about we mis misinterpret what somebody else is saying. They misinterpret something we said. We intended this, and they think something else. Very hard to dif uh, separate those or uh, um, uh, correct those. So this is why I say. Train the mind. What are we training? You're training your awareness. Even though your awareness isn't something, you're training your thought process and your awareness to separate enough so that your thought process, which is based on hope and fear, passion, aggression, and ignorance, doesn't completely suck up all of your awareness and you live a separated life. You live a life as a solid, separate being from everything else. This is a, could be a very subtle form of self-centeredness, narcissism. So using this uh, alternating uh, sense awareness practice is a way of sitting down and just instead of uh, necessarily being having our awareness sucked into some kind of story about what happened or what should have happened or where we actually leave the room, uh, you could you could give your uh, awareness a little bit of help by by using something that is already here is in present time. How your body feels is in the present. 
uh, how colors look on the carpeting, that's that's the present moment insofar as there is one. So if you just alternate between a couple, very simple, just the carpet. And you'll notice, if once you've done that some, you'll notice that when you move from the visual awareness to the sense awareness, that you're that you actually can't see the carpeting anymore. It's just a little bit there. You'll notice you're going from seeing to feeling. You'll notice that, that when you go to seeing, you'll notice you've, you've kind of ignored your body. That's awareness. That's not success and failure. That's awareness. This is a way that situation works. If you do that, if you train yourself on a very, very root or fundamental level, then when you get up off the cushion and you go out into your life, then you don't get fooled so much by your own feelings and emotions, your own tendency to uh, react to someone else. Excuse me. So it's a very uh, alternating sense awareness practice. It's very simple. You're just here. You're just looking at what's here. All of your sense fields, including the mind, you can do that with a, with a mind too, but it has to alternate. You can go from uh, thinking to a sense of touch. Back to thinking, sense of touch. But you'll notice that of all the sense uh, consciousnesses, which I'm treating this sense of thinking as a sense, is different than the first five sense consciousnesses in that if you think about thinking, you can't do that. You can't really, you can't really find thoughts. You can find a sound in your, in your uh, sensorium. You can find sound. You can find touch. You can find smell, taste, you can find hearing. But you can't really find thoughts. If you look for thoughts, there isn't anything there. If you see something there, uh, tell me if you can see the front of it and the back of it. Can you see when it's coming? Can you see when it's leaving? Can you see the space around the thought? If you can't, that's what you need to train. That's what you're training. You're training the awareness to see whatever arises as phenomena is seen very, very clearly. Because that's what happens in your life when you're interacting with people, you're agreeing with people, you're arguing with people. Believing this, disbelieving this, going around in circles, or having difficulty with some particular aspect of your life, and the tendency is to blame someone for something they're doing or some way they're treating you. If you have a lot of awareness around that, what will often show up, eventually will show up, is when someone is, say, mistreating you instead of see, instead of the ego reacting to the mistreatment and wanting to go back at them. I'm not picking on you. You just happen to be in front of me. Uh, instead of going back at them and defending yourself and feel feeling all uh, hurt or something like that, you actually see that the the underlying motive or intention behind the person you say mistreating you is, is fear. They're they're afraid. They're they're something is going haywire in their consciousness, and they the only way they can avoid it avoid it is anger. And if you happen to be in their milieu, in their circle of friends or associates, relatives. Uh, and your the vibration is going on at a certain level, they're going to get it, and then they want to give it to you, and they actually think that you've actually done done something to them, and perhaps you have. Maybe you did go like this. Maybe your body language was like, and they immediately turn that into warfare, and they will. Uh, when I say they, I'm saying it works both ways. You notice how you can kind of get out of discomfort a little bit by blaming someone. If someone has triggered something. Maybe they're not totally the blame for how you feel, but if you blame them, it kind of makes it easier to, to deal with whatever the negativity is, as long as you know who caused it or who you think caused it. Both ways. Same thing when, oh, I just never can do this right. 
always getting this wrong. This is a very, very subtle form of egocentrism. Ego, ego. So what you're training the mind to see, to understand, is to see clearly the space, to understand the space between things and around things. That's the beginning of it. Eventually, even the space becomes something different. It's not separate from what arises in it, but that's, uh, that's a different uh, teaching. Questions? Shazam. What is it that functions out of passion, aggression, and ignorance? So it's a, uh, what is functioning in that way is the, the mistaken identity that there is someone that needs to get something, there is someone that needs to keep something away, and there is some uh, something that can shut down or ignore or stop looking at something, stop being aware of it. So And it, and it shows up as, uh, in our tradition, as the, the seventh consciousness or the ego mind. There's a particular... Uh, uh, place in the mind or place in the consciousness where the consciousness gets together and 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 has an identity. There is no solid separate identity. This is a this is a teaching not only of the Buddha, but of uh, uh, spiritual paths down through the centuries, just expressed in different ways. In the Christian tradition, it would be called uh, Christ consciousness. You know, you you've, your own personal self is gone, and all you have is Christ. Go ahead. Is there some degree of thingness in that? discontinuous self? Yes. How do we work with it both as a thing and as unreal? Just realize that. It's both real and it's on, it's real in that it, it's doing something, it's showing up somehow, but it's unreal in that it's not solid and substantial and needs to get its nourishment from passion, aggression, and ignorance. And it will turn something into a problem so it can be the one who's experiencing the problem more. Uh, Sheldon down in Union City has two questions. Yes, Sheldon. First, what makes thoughts seem like a real thing? And secondly, what makes it so difficult to be aware of the emptiness of thoughts? Well, we want some kind of a reference point. And so we will hang, we'll, you know, we'll take what we can get. We have negative emotions. We use we use that as a, as a reference point. Here's the thing I can't get rid of. Or here's the thing I don't know why I'm feeling this way. The, nothing lasts. Emotions don't last, but since you're here and you have a body mind that that got here, you know, 20 years, uh, 30 years, 40, 50 years ago, whatever it was, uh, here you are. So there's certain kind of karma, cause and effect that's already in motion, created by all kinds of things that have been going on forever. Uh, the last two things that happened with your mom and your dad, and you then you show up, and then you have your own traje trajectory. So the other part, what was the first part of his question? Uh, what makes thought seem like a real thing, and what makes it so difficult to be aware of the emptiness of thoughts? What makes it so difficult is we don't train our mind. We're on default, and we just we just fall. It's like we just fall into the we just fall into it as a tremendous amount of magnetism and uh, seduction. There, we just get seduced into those feelings. You have you have feelings about anything. Very difficult to have intense feelings of any kind and not have some kind of a reaction. Even this a little thing like. Someone says, how are you doing? And you say, I feel like crap. Thank you for asking. You know, you, you have, and, and then there's a, then there's the way of kind of ignoring that. If, you know, some people you might say that to and someone else would say, oh, I'm feeling, I feel fine. And there's, a, but you notice there's a little, little scurrying thought patterns that go around that first say that you're not being honest with them. Uh, next being, uh, well, I'm doing that because I'm protecting them from my own negativity. You know, we just or just have this endless array of chatter going on about, 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 
<laughs> anything you're doing or not doing, you'll have, have a, a secondary opinion coming out of ego saying, well, you should be doing this. Look, after all, look what they've done. Or you shouldn't, you should, you should be, this is a friend of yours. You should be direct with them. Tell them you feel, feel bad. You should share with them. It's just an endless flopping over of more and more and more aggression. So that's why I'm saying, uh, to respond to Sheldon's question, the reason that we have so much difficulty is we don't, we, we're on default. We just come out of our past karma. Uh, and I'm not just talking about this lifetime, lifetimes ago. And I always say, when I say that, I want to make sure that you realize or know that I don't necessarily believe in past lives. So I, the whole idea of belief and disbelief is very low level uh, consciousness. You don't need to believe or disbelieve anything. As soon as you believe something, your awareness shuts down on everything else. As soon as you disbelieve something, your awareness starts to shut down because you have an idea, an opinion, a position that might make your ego feel good, but it's not necessarily the truth. Yes. Wouldn't in the case of somebody asks you how you're feeling and you feel like shit, wouldn't the say, I feel like shit be it? Be, should be what comes out because there's no thought involved. It's, it's, it's just... Not necessarily. There's no way you can come up with a protocol. has to be that situation. It has to be your mind that has been training so that you can see beyond your thought patterns. Because what you're saying is relatively has some, some merit to it. But the fundamental situation cannot be addressed with thinking or with validation or justification or sincerity or any of those things that won't work. It has to be with whatever is there. And if you're with whatever is there, there's only that. There's not you deciding how you're going to respond to this person because of this and this and this and this. That's confusion. That is delusion. And it go, it's going on in billions of minds, maybe more than that, all over the place. Yes. If you feel like shit and, you just, and instead what comes out is, I'm, I'm fine, is that um, the impulse without the thinking of the lying? There's no lying in there. There's just... It just seems I'm, like everything involves yeah. thinking. No, it doesn't. Unless you say I don't think. the case is. I'm not thinking. Do you think I'm th If I was thinking, I sure it was the hell wouldn't sit up here in front of a bunch of people that are staring at me and judging me. I know what's going on with you guys. <laughs> Sorry, I meant, can I just no. qualify? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, it seems like anything other than the truth of what's really happening, yeah. this, as it is, involves thinking. Yeah, you're going to, if you want to, if you want a protocol, then I would say when someone asks you that first pause and check in with all of your senses, don't forget gravity. There's a huge, incredible force pulling you towards the center of the earth that allows you to walk across the floor, that allows you to uh, uh, go to the bathroom without it flying in the air. I mean, really, that sounds like a silly thing, but it's true. But gravity helps us in so many ways that we totally ignore the way it helps us. Water goes downhill, but it doesn't in space. It goes all over the place. So, I mean, it's just very interesting to look at that situation and remember that when you're uh, when you're interacting with someone, come out of if you go into your senses about where who you are. Look at their body language, not like you're sitting like this. I'm not talking about analyzing it. I'm saying if you register someone's form just as it is, with nothing added, no no. No right, wrong, correct, incorrect, uh, clumsy, graceful, nothing, nothing extra. Just there, without it, without any, uh, without even knowing it, you're actually present. You don't. If you know you're present, you're not. This is ego. If you think you're in the now, you are fooling yourself. 
If you're, you, the only thing you can be is now. And if you are now, then you won't know it. You'll get no credential. And you also won't care if you have a credential. You won't care if, if people agree with you or disagree with you. You'll just continue to function as you function because you see that you're not separate. Other people who are continually working with the no separation or with the trying to understand that are separating themselves and they keep trying to mash themselves together. You won't, you won't ever hear me say we're all one because we're not. We're not separate. All one is, it's too cheesy sounding. Yes. How do we register someone's form without thinking to ourselves, okay, now I'm going to register this person's Practice. Form. That's how you do it. Just practice. Use color, use sound, use movement. I'm looking at you, I'm looking at the shape of your hair, I'm looking at your hand, throws a shadow right into where your palm is, there's a shadow behind, up above your, I'm looking at that, I'm seeing the, uh, and it happens in an instant, it's just visual. Just go into what you see without what you think about what you see. So therefore you're just here. So I'm doing this in such a way that if anybody moves, if Brittany changes the position of her hands like she just did, I also see that. It's not because, oh my, I've got this great panoramic awareness, I don't mean that, I'm just saying, you're just here, you're just present. And so it's a very simple, ordinary uh, situation that you're, and it, it happens all the time with people when they sit and practice meditation. They're actually entering into a, a sense of presence that is that has no credential. There's no credential that says you're here. There's a big one that says you're not here because you're, if your mind is going over here and over there, and you're thinking about this, worried about that, and worried about so on, more, sent you. Um, you said to go into what you see without what you think about what you see, mm -hmm. and that the thoughts to me seem so automatic yeah. to not have those. Uh, no, the, what you just said, the thoughts seem so automatic. That's awareness. Don't push on those thoughts. Don't enhance those thoughts. Fluff them up, and don't close them off and try to be thoughtless. Just include those, like, uh, look, I'm using uh, uh, Junchu's form. Uh, just in, 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 let those come up, because your awareness that they're coming up, you still see the separation between them. They're, they're, they're together, but they're, and they're separated, like the fingers are separated on the hand. You can't, you can't do anything with a hand if you just had a, a meat mitten. I mean, it would be difficult. You could. You could wave. Yes? Is that instruction to go into something without your thoughts about it given to bring our attention? Yes, to see that you can't help but think about it. If I say, you know, if I said be here now, there's no way you can be here now. I'm not going to say that. I don't, I don't really say stay in the present. Or, you know, we talk about it, we kind of talk around it because it needs to be your discovery, not just my instruction. Yes. A question from Tayo, and then we need to move on. Yes. Uh, up in Traverse City, he asks, are passion, aggression, and ignorance irreducible? They don't need to be. It's it's a it's a question out of out of some kind of physical materialism, the, you know, the irreducibility of something. But we don't we don't have to really concern ourselves with that. I mean, you can spend fifteen, twenty lifetimes working on that. They're they're, they're just they, there's no self there. If there's no self having the negativity, then you don't have to get rid of anything. But there's also nothing is added to that. It's just a just a straight direct thing. You don't even know whether it's aggression. You don't know whether it's passion. You don't know whether it's ignorance. And it can't find you. Mary. Way back, you used the phrase something like a sense of presence. Yes. Can you say more about that? Yes. So there's something, uh, Trungpa Rinpoche, my first teacher, talked about the authentic presence. 
And uh, so I think, think pre presence, uh, my way of describing that would be you're here and you have, don't have a clue of what's going on and you don't mind and you operate out of whatever is there. And it may be your own body, you know, maybe your heartbeat, maybe your, uh, how, how, how you feel. You just, it's just sense of presence and, and you, and you're completely without hope and fear. You don't hope that someone likes you. You don't fear that they're going to be critical of you. You're just here. And, and, and you're not separate from anything. So this is where the presence come from. You actually, uh, in the Buddhist tradition, it's very, uh, you hear this word occasionally, it's called bliss, it's not happiness. Happiness comes and goes. Bliss is just always the case. Just don't go to war with anything. Then everything is totally present. Difficult. Uh, it's a good concept, but it is difficult. It's talked about in all the Tibetan traditions. I'm sure you've heard it before. Yes. Oh, one last question yes. from Shane out in California. How do you work with the three poisons as they show up as your karma? Don't join, don't run away, and don't ignore. This is what you do on the cushion. You sit, this is your practice to so sit down, hold still, and watch your own violence come up and go. Don't fight with it. Don't go to war with war. And watch your passion come and go. And so, so that they, over time, you slowly train your mind to not believe or disbelieve or ignore anything. Don't believe it. Don't disbelieve it. Don't ignore it. Sounds easy. Not easy. No. And but it is once the once the ego or the self-centeredness has been seen through. Once you see there is no self in the skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness. There's no solid self there. Once that dawns on you, I mean, really dawns on you way down in somewhere in this area where this the pumps the blood. Once that dawns on you, warfare is over. You drop your weapons. You're no, you're, somebody could come at you with um, a huge stick. And you would say, my teacher has one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and you, we wouldn't, I'm not saying you wouldn't take the stick away from the person. Maybe you would. It would depend on the situation. It would depend on the, what kind of war, what kind of anger, what was, what was really happening. But it would, you, would, it, you would immediately find the way to work with that situation in the most fundamentally helpful way. That might be knocking that person right on there, but that may, it may be, but you don't want that as a protocol. You just want to be present. If you're present, then you see somebody beating a dog, you stop the person from doing that. You don't really think, Hmm, shouldn't interfere. It's their dog. Maybe the dog was mean to them. You know, you're not going to do that. You don't, you don't, you don't need to do that. You just function. That function also may be to just step between them. And it could show up so many different ways, but it needs to show up not out of thinking in some kind of, uh, you know, thought process that's evaluating and judging and so on. You just function out of your heart, function out of your heart. If you're in your head, uh, you're going to screw things up. If you're in your gut, you're going to turn tail and run. But if you're in your heart, what else are you going to do? Just uh, you're with everything. Namaste. I'd like to remind everybody we do have donation boxes out in the hallway. Daily Dharma Gathering. Please uh, <laughs> help us financially as much as you can. We also take PayPal online and we do have a square so you can see do as you afterwards if you're if you have a credit or debit card. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.